And it's starting recording. I want to make sure it actually is recording. Does starting recording mean recording? Oh, there we go. All right. So yeah. it, it went from starting recording to stop recording. You just want to make sure so you don't talk for a couple of minutes and then you're like, ugh. No, so, I know. I've, I do interviews as well. And uh, there's nothing worse than like missing an awesome thought or insight because the recording wasn't on. Or a whole podcast. I, the, I did an interview a couple of months ago where I interviewed a woman for an hour, and I'm like, this is great. We were talking about green energy and all this stuff. And I actually did record it, but then I'm like, oh, I'll, I had to run to dinner or do something, some other meeting, and I forgot to download it. And then I just assumed I downloaded it, and I didn't check yeah. until after the 30 days. And then after 30 days, Skype just deletes it, and it's gone. And I'm like, oh. oh. So that was, and I've done that before, actually, but it, uh, some inter whoever I interviewed actually downloaded on his own that time. Um, so it did save that, but it didn't save me. So yeah, I'm super paranoid. And whenever I do stand up comedy, you know, I film with two phones just cause you never know something. It's always good to have backup for the really important stuff. So that's our, our prelude or whatever you call that in a book. I am with Sarah Campbell and my name is Josh Rackless. The podcast is celebrity Josh. Uh, but I don't really like the name, so we'll see if I come up with a new one. I don't like my own name either. Um, but for now, that's what it is. And if you're listening to the audio, it's a podcast. If you're watching the video, it's on YouTube or your favorite video site. And that's it. And we're doing this uh, kind of cold. I heard recently on a podcast that um, that's what Larry King did. He doesn't do research on his, his interviewees because he likes to learn as he's going. And maybe yeah. that's an excuse to not have to do work ahead of time. But it sounded right. very impressive. He did all right for his life. Um, so there we are. So I'm here with... Uh, I guess Sarah Campbell. I feel like you had, do you have like a middle name or a longer name that you sometimes use? Uh, no, usually yeah. just, just Sarah Campbell. Yeah. But just some numbers after it usually, because there's a lot of Sarah Campbell, so you can't Sarah, just have Sarah yeah. Campbell at Gmail or something. Yeah, I had to take my middle initial and put it at the end of my Gmail address, so it's a little odd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, oh at the end of it. So you were like Sarah yeah. Campbell middle initial. That K, yes. <laughs> that, okay, so that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing that, when you've got a name like John Smith, you gotta you gotta play the game. Shuffle, shuffle the letters. That's the one thing that uh, I like about Josh Rackless is, even though it's hard to spell and remember, there's no other Josh Rackless, so I get I get everything. But yeah. of course, but of course now somebody listening to this is going to try to grab Josh Rackless. Actually, somebody did steal JoshRackless.com when I let it expire, and that was <laughs> that was trouble for a few years. But then he let it go because he realized, oh, I'm not going to get any money from this. He's not famous. Who cares? Um, <laughs> So how did I, did I find you because you did a Creative Mornings? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's right. I led a, a field trip through the organization Creative Mornings um, on the topic of how to keep going. Right. And because I need that, I didn't even, even make it to the event. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I emailed you after and I'm like, you know, here's my secret way of getting the, the free scoop without having to attend the event. I'll, I'll interview you for my podcast. Yes, yeah. Now I get like a free whatever minutes with you, although we've already spent seven minutes and done nothing. But that's kind of maybe that's part of uh, what I need to learn as well, because what, what I've done today is nothing. I went to bed uh, uh, like too late again. And then I, I woke up and I'm living with my parents and they were sort of banging around in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I haven't had enough sleep. And then I just sort of lay in bed for five hours. And then here I am. So uh, hopefully you can help me. Uh, what would be uh, your little, uh, you know, your intro, like what, what are you, a coach or? Um, I think of myself um, primarily as a writer, because I am, and uh, I've also done a lot of learning design for adults. Um, so 
I've taken some of my learning about um, learning <laughs> uh, principles for adult learning and thought about how how can you help someone finish a difficult project that they care a lot about. And then I just like writing on um, I like writing on process, creative process primarily, but also um, everything from like, you know, what sports psychology knows about endurance to um, neuroscience and what it means to be motivated um, to do something. Um, do rewards really work? You know, I, I love um, I love this blend in well, at least I feel my writing um, kind of blends self-help with science. So with psychology, with um, with other, you know, other kinds of, of studies on, yeah, human human um, motivation and our relationship to our work. And, and I also like looking at organizational psychology too, though really I'm more focused on what happens when we're doing self-directed work. Uh, so out of the context of a day job when we're at home alone working on a book or um, maybe we have some other goal like, you know, putting up an online dating profile. When we're the ones in charge, when we're our own bosses, what's the relationship uh, of the project to ourselves? And how does that play out? What are the, some of the mind games, some of the um, environmental hacks and tweaks we do to our workspaces or our studio spaces? Our living rooms, you know, where do we work? How do we work? Especially when it's work we want to do and a project we want to do. And why? Why are self-chosen projects sometimes so hard, hard to keep going? Um, there's so many reasons, but I'm fascinated by that. So that's sort of how I stumbled into this. Um, obviously, it was like through my own personal um unfinished work that I began like looking for help on this and reading it and then the the antidote kind of became the new problem for me so I had you know been reading a lot on um, how to finish things and then I thought wait a minute like which parts of these help me and which parts don't resonate um, and I started just taking notes and thinking about leading workshops on it for other people and um, so yeah I kind of replaced one unfinished project with now my current in progress unfinished project which is finish it cool yeah because i mean that's that's a good thing to do if, if there's something that you're working on yourself and then you learn about it and then you're like oh i can turn that into a job or money or or something because clearly it's something you're interested in as well and, yeah. and if you're doing research to help yourself i mean that's what it's all about the everybody teaching things online now you learned it yourself now you can pass it on and yeah. it all seems particularly appropriate for the pandemic now like you know yeah. or like a lot of people weren't working at their jobs and uh and so you were doing this before and it just happened you lucked out with a pandemic or oh I don't think any of us lucked out with this no, pandemic. that's my that's my sense of humor <laughs> yeah yeah no um I I have been somewhat obsessed with the topic of finishing and I should say I mentioned science a lot but I'm also interested in the art of finishing so the more elusive um idiosyncratic and kind of unnameable um, qualities that certain people have that allow them to either finish, you know, something that's especially hard versus um, not. But anyway, um, I would say, yeah, so it's no, I've been interested in this since about 2014, when I abandoned a book project. 
mm-hmm. on um, that that book, that unfinished book was about can can you learn um, how to be creative from other people? And it just became unwieldy and it was huge and lovely. And I did tons of research and interviews. And then I just felt kind of overwhelmed by what I had bitten off with the topic. And that's when I started reading up on um, more self-help materials on finishing things. But um, but to your point about the pandemic, I think it's super um, resonating with people right now who either... Um, we're able to dig into and really engage with some self-directed work at home or, you know, alone or not alone in the midst of their families uh, last year. And um, have you read Adam Grant's column on languishing that some people have been talking about this spring? No. He's an, Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist, if you um, haven't heard of him. And he wrote in the New York Times an op-ed um, on what he calls languishing. I actually think it's a psychology term. But he said, you know, some of us aren't actually burnt out, but we're we're not flourishing. And we're kind of in this middle area between, you know, we're not depressed, but we're not doing great either. And he, he says that's got a name and it's called languishing. And he said, um, in some of the studies he's read that, you know, now they're starting to have some studies coming out of last year about people's mental health and well-being. And he said um, that this one study found that the people who did the best, like maintain their levels of happiness and wellness, um, their pre-pandemic levels, these were folks who had been able to get into a state of flow. So it wasn't to do with mindfulness or meditation, um, but that 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 state of flow of working on something where you kind of lose yourself and you get really into your project, those people reported the highest levels of of feeling okay. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, that kind of happened to me last year. i um I had a job end right around the time the pandemic lockdown began. And I had more time, um, with the exception of a few months when my daughter was home you know, from school full time. But um, I began working much more intensively on Finish It last year, just writing more, created an Instagram page, started connecting with people about it and got the idea that I wanted to do some workshops on it. Um, Had been attending Creative Mornings field trips and thought, ah, I should, you know, I should lead one. And what would my topic be? Well, what have I been reading for the last five years and writing about and thinking about and informally talking to friends and coaching friends about Um, and so I do think now, especially if people can find something, uh, to dig into where they a little bit lose themselves, you know, there's nothing, there's no guilt in that, right? It it really, I think now for our mental health, um, more than anything else, having a project of your own, um, that you just are really enjoying and, and can kind of lose yourself in is super valuable. Yeah. My sister found that. I, I didn't even know she was working on this really, but I saw like a couple of years ago she was doing uh, haiku poetry uh-huh. and, and just just for herself on her Instagram, writing haikus every day. And then uh, people really liked it. So she started a separate Instagram for just her haiku. And then I found out like a month or two ago, I don't know if I saw it on her Instagram feed or something, or or it said she's a founder of this in her bio. I'm like, what is this? Uh-huh. And it's like a whole, she made a whole Instagram. Um, I guess I could plug it. She calls it Hello Koo, uh, like H E L L O K O O, and uh, and it's a community of um, of Instagram, like uh, of 
people who like writing haikus. So she'll do a prompt every day and say, here's the first word or here's the first sentence. And then every morning uh, she gets up and, and uh, she's got a couple of kids, so she's busy, but she'll spend time on her own and, and do a graphic of her own poems or somebody else's poems, make sure to comment on everybody's. And she's building this community. And I was like, oh, and I started messaging her advice. I was like, you know, I've read about how to monetize, how to make merch. She's like, no, 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 I've got it covered. I've got a guy who's building me a website, and whatever. And she's like, okay, okay, you know. So she doesn't need my advice, but it's, but yeah, I guess in terms of what you're talking about, having a project to work on uh, really was, you know, good therapy in a way. And also yeah. her hope of making money and building a community. And so that's what I've been trying to do, too. I was yeah. like, oh, I should do that. And she's like, don't steal my idea. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> but, but what could I do? And so I was like, well, maybe I, I like doing comedy. So maybe I'll start doing comedy prompts. And so I did one. And, uh-huh. I was, and then, then I was going to make a video reading everybody's jokes to the to the the uh, the setup I did. And I just. But it was two weeks ago, and I still haven't even. I was going to do this every day, and I only did the one. I haven't even filmed my video, but the answers. So I, I every day I come up with more little ideas, and maybe try it for two yeah. seconds, and then and then I don't finish it, as we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that today I got nothing done. But but on the days where I do, just get up at six, go for a run. I'm done at seven. I sit down at work. I feel, or sit down to work. I feel a lot better. I feel more in control of my day. I feel like oh my god, I spent five hours working on something. I feel good about my life and. And on the days like this where I just get up and I sort of waste six hours and I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to be late for this 3 p.m. podcast interview? Like, what's the excuse there? Um, you know, I, I feel well, bad. So. So that, um, that's something I actually talked about in the How to Keep Going field trip is um, the self-blame side of burnout. And that that's actually one of the symptoms that um, you know people who study job-related burnout find. It's, it's not just that you're feeling physically exhausted or mentally exhausted, but that there's this element of how you talk to yourself that's um, really hard on yourself. So you're, you know, people who are feeling burnout will sometimes say like, why can't I handle this better? Like, why am I why am I not stepping up and rising to this, you know, challenging time or um, task? And and it's actually a symptom of burnout. So one of my tips for how to keep going um, is to to build in breaks and to take breaks. And so, you know, a one way to reframe when you said I wasted, you know, however many six hours today, maybe that wasn't actually wasted time. Maybe that was a nap you really needed to like recharge your brain so that you can do more focused thinking later or tomorrow. Maybe not every day has to look the same. Yeah. Um, for some creative folks, it it won't and it never will. Um, so a lot of what I talk to people about is like just the realism of what, you know, like kind of watching your own patterns as a creator um knowing your circadian rhythm like are you a night owl or a morning person like that's real stuff and there's a real internal clock to everyone that if you fight it you'll you'll just constantly feel frustrated if you believe oh if i don't get up by eight and like if i'm not writing by nine you know like i'll never be a great writer for so many people that that just doesn't work with who they are um, physically and mentally um, so I'm a, I'm a firm believer in like taking breaks and really not feeling guilt about them if you can, right? Like some people don't quite have that luxury, but if you have some flexibility in your schedule and you can, um, tweak things a bit, then absolutely. Like you should just like get to know, you know, when are your best hours and maybe taking a full day off, you know, every two days is, is how you do your best work. Yeah. And my problem is I've taken a full six years off and uh, <laughs> I feel like I've, uh, that, that's a long enough nap. 
I left, <laughs> I left my, my copywriting job six years ago. I'm like, I'm going to be free to work on my own stuff and freelance and be a, you know, and eventually two years ago, I sold my condo. I'm going to be a digital nomad. I'm going to go anywhere. And, uh, and I didn't go anywhere. And now I've been in my parents' basement for a year. Uh, and so I literally, I have no family. I've got no job. I've got no responsibilities. Like I could, I could be working 24 hours a day or whatever. So that, that's, what's frustrating. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, someone who actually thrives from some constraints, right? Like yeah. not everyone wants absolute freedom. It's terrifying. Um. <laughs> yeah. My mom's always talking about, she's been talking about that for forever. Like how you got to treat, if you work for yourself, you got to treat it like a job, like get up at nine and work for, I had this friend, Steve in college who we formed a little comedy troupe together. And then on weekends, he was always like we, we took copywriting school together and he, and he was always doing his comedy on the weekends or Friday or Saturday night, he'd be at home writing his comedy or doing a show. And I'm like, come on, man, why don't you come to a bar? What are you doing working? He's like, no, no, no. But, and then he eventually, he was doing comedy at a comedy festival and then CBC, like the big, uh, you know, Canadian TV network discovered him and, and gave him a radio show. And now that's his whole, you know, his whole business. And it's because he actually worked at it. And what did I get out of going to bars and getting drunk? Not much. So you, you do have to have, I guess, some discipline for it and and yeah. just uh yeah whatever structure you need i keep making a schedule for myself two years ago i wrote up a schedule 7 a.m get up and do this 8 a.m do you know trade your stocks 9 a.m do a podcast interview whatever and i just i never i never actually followed the schedule so right i, I don't know but yeah. that's enough of woe is me i guess but i did over uh, the winter it's very relatable i can't yeah. tell you how many different work schedules i've designed for myself when i've been free yeah from day jobs you know there's so many versions of like okay no i'm gonna begin every day with a walk no no i'm gonna begin every day with writing or <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm still like even as we speak like you know i had this summer i've had like three different versions and i'm still tweaking them and assessing them and tracking my time and wondering what's the better the better thing um yeah. but i do think a certain amount of self-acceptance is key to kind of just like settling into a more um like a less self um recriminating yeah relationship I, to yourself yeah i did i mean i've heard recently that when you talk negatively negatively to yourself your body actually it senses that and it affects your yeah. cells and your brain yeah. and it doesn't want to hear negative things so it it is whatever <laughs> you have to do to speak positively to yourself like mel robbins who wrote that book about becoming happy i think um it, she, she does a thing on her Instagram where every every more every time you walk past a mirror, you give yourself a high five or something. Uh -huh. They're like, "I love it." You know, it, it feels good. You're building yourself up. Uh, so, so little tricks like that, like they say, even if you smile, it tricks your body into think, "Oh, we're happy." So now you feel happy. So right, right. And I mean, you know, like the one thing I I learn as I read more and talk to more people is there really isn't a silver bullet routine. And the people who tell you, you know, follow this pattern or do these four things, um, they might make you feel good for like two weeks, but it's not going to be sustainable if it really doesn't sync up with, um, like I say, your, your own like internal clock and, um, and just how you have found in the past you do your best work. I think our past histories are these wonderful like um, treasure maps to like clues in those to um, how we can work well again if we've gone through a dry patch or you know thinking back to when did I feel really great about a project what was I doing what was the content was I working alone or with other people and you know just putting the pieces together and noting um from your past history like 
What did it look like? And is that still true for the person I am today? Um, just a recent story that's sort of related, a little bit off tangent, but um, I've been thinking about like goal setting a lot and like how do we set goals and then how do we change them in a way that doesn't feel like we're just moving the goalpost constantly on ourselves, um, either so that we can never, you know, reach what we claim we want to reach or because we're just indecisive. You know, there's a whole set of reasons that people don't finish um, things they set out to do. And so I've been thinking about goal setting. And um, on Saturday, there was this 10K I had signed up for um, way back in like January 2020, before the pandemic, I signed up, you know, for a 10K. And I'm not a huge runner, but like I had done a half marathon the year before and like, it felt good. I was like, okay, I'll do something smaller um, and try and do like maybe one run a year with, you know, running in the company of other people. Anyway, so uh, they canceled it last year, obviously, and then they were able to hold the race this year. And so anyone who had signed up in 2020 um, could run this year. And when Friday night came around, like I just hadn't been training this last year, I've gotten a little out of shape, certainly with my running. I don't run as much. Um, and I had thought, oh, I can pull something together in like the month leading up to the run. And I probably could have done the run with a lot of like little walking spells. But Friday night, I was just like, I really don't want to do this run. Like, I know I should. And it's cool that this thing that was canceled is now happening. And um, I was like, nope, that was January 2020, Sarah. And this is July 2021, Sarah. And she doesn't want to do this race. <laughs> so I didn't show up. And I, I honestly felt pretty good about it. I mean, a little part of me was like, oh, it would have been nice. I know I would have gotten like a nice adrenaline rush from like the exercise itself and being out with people in, you know, a larger mass group than I have been in mm -hmm. months. Um, but no, ultimately, I was like, you know, I'm OK with the fact that like July 2021, Sarah is not the same person and has a different goal. That's interesting. That's not what I expected to hear from the finish it girl. Like, yeah, I don't know, I just, you can finish it or you can just not do it at all. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah. I mean, there's probably a lesson there that sometimes you, if you just take things off your plate, like you're like, you know what? Why am I stressing myself over this? I don't want to do it. And then, oh, freeze yourself up to do something else. Yeah. Like, I sort of have that same feeling about, like, I did stand up comedy two weeks ago. Uh, there was a summer contest that I did last summer and uh, I, I I wrote some jokes for it and I, I did my act and I didn't get voted past the first night to round two or anything or whatever. And then over the winter, I took some Zoom stand-up classes and some in-person stand-up classes. I'm not even sure what I learned, but I probably internalized some things. And then I entered the contest a couple of weeks ago. But uh, And I only noticed on Facebook that I happened to look at the Facebook group. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be doing this in two weeks. I didn't even know I was chosen. Um, <laughs> And then, but I still didn't start writing it until like a few days before. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I should look at my old jokes. I don't know. And then on the Saturday before I got my second vaccine and then I'm like, oh, I thought of a couple of funny things. And, and when I walked away from the clinic, I made a little uh, Instagram reel just talking about how I could have gotten a free juice box and I screwed up and I didn't get my juice box. And, uh, and that, kind of, that kind of went viral. I got like 3000 views. And then, um, I thought, oh, I can mention that in my stand-up. So I wound up writing just seven minutes about getting my vaccine. And then I and part of the joke or the what I said in the routine was I'm just telling you about things that happened in the past couple of days. So that way 
you'll be more lenient and go, well, he only just wrote this. Like, yeah. if I have other jokes, they'll be like, it took you 48 years to write this. So, right, uh, right. And I wound up winning first prize of the night. Like, uh, and, awesome. and so I was like, oh, so now I go on to round two. And I was like, but before, but the day before, I was just like, you know what? Do I have to do this? Like, I could just not go. I could just tell him I'm canceled. Like, I, and this is what happens every time I do stand up. I'm like, I just don't want to, I just want to disappear. Why am I doing this yeah. to myself? I feel sick. <laughs> right. And then afterwards, I'm like, like oh, who wrote this plan? <laughs> yeah. Like, why am yeah. I, why am I doing, what am I getting out of this? And I keep telling right. myself, it doesn't even matter. I don't need, you get enough. What's the point? There's only 20 people here. Nobody cares. And, uh, but after I do it, I feel all very good. And it's like, uh, I feel like I've accomplished something. I like that I've pushed myself. I put it in my Instagram bio, winner of the round one of Yuck Yucks. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard to know which which ones to to say, ah, I'm just going to not do it or I'm yeah. going to push myself through this. But even the girl who came in second place, I was talking to her afterwards when we got our group photo together of the top three winners. And she's like, yeah, she was about to bail. She was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I guess we all feel that way. So it means you okay. care about it. Yeah, and I, I mean, at the risk of sounding cliched, I do think like even, our, you know, our bad experiences are the stepping stone onto the next thing, whether it's that you get, you get even more clear, like, well, this isn't for me or like, oh, wow, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's really good and like the really good occasions are worth it. Um, so, you know, nothing is lost, right? It's all like, it's all archival material that like well, points you in some future direction. Yeah. James Altucher, I've been listening to his pod, like him being interviewed lately, every day on my run. Uh, and he talks a lot about experiments, like mm -hmm. just look at everything as an experiment. And if you do it, well, now you know what not to do next time. And he, yes, and yeah. I keep hearing him tell this story about Edison when people are like, oh, Edison, like, what was it like to fail 10,000 times, you know, make a light bulb wrong? And he's like, no, I didn't fail at all. I, I learned 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. Like everything takes you further it really, along. It really does. Um, I mean, all my unfinished projects, like I've stolen stuff from them for later or, they pushed me along further along a path. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, one thing I'd like to say, maybe just in, in concluding our chat is that I think um, I really, despite the name, finish it, this is not a productivity hack. Like it's not about making more things. It's really about like, how can you enjoy the work you've chosen to do? So that's very much like I mean, some of my tips, I'm sure you could apply to a job where someone else is your boss, but you know, if you've picked this thing and you you know it's rewarding to you in moments, like how can you actually make the process, like return to that original love you had when you started? Like we all begin projects usually in like some honeymoon moment of inspiration or excitement or caffeination or whatever, where we're like, oh yes, this idea, this idea is the one. They aren't always the one, but if it's enough the one and it keeps circling back to you and you can't let it go and it's sort of like, the bear behind your back or on your back, um, the bear behind you, Werner Herzog calls it, like it, you know, something about it you need to come to terms with. And whether that's that you create some version of done that you can live with and that feels like complete and done. And it might just be like figuring out how to say goodbye to that thing. So my, my finish it includes quitting. Like I think quitting can be an amazing way to end something. And, and sometimes the only way to end something is to, to say goodbye to it. Um, but how can people make the good quit if that's what they need to do?
That's interesting. Or redefine what done looks like. So yeah, I just, I always like want to make that clear lately. It's like finish it isn't about making more stuff. It is about enjoying what you're doing and then like being able to move on to the next thing when it's time to move on so that right. you can always have a project and not get stuck, right? There's nothing worse than just being stuck. Yeah, because it's, it's not a good feeling to to feel like, okay, for 20 years, I've got this novel I should have written. So it's always hanging over you and it's maybe keeping you from doing other things. Right, right. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> well, like if studies of regret, they find people, more people regret the things they didn't do than regret the things they did do. Oh, and no, so yeah. Unfinished and uncompleted tasks, like psychologists have studied it, even like small interruptions, like that sticks with us in this way that completed work doesn't. Um, and and there's a kind of pain in that for some people. Uh, so I'm fascinated by like getting people. I'm fascinated and and in love with getting people past those. But, but wouldn't just saying ah, I'm not going to do it anymore give you that feeling of regret? Like it be one of those things that you regret not doing it, or is it is it more a question of picking the things that you do want to do and then not regretting not doing those, but also accepting that you know what maybe that's you know, the 10K isn't something I really care about because you only have so much time. So if you're going to focus yeah. on one thing, you can't focus on something else. So maybe it's about figuring out what you want to do. It's it's all the things you're saying. Um, and this is why I think psychology is so helpful for people who are creatives and work is that, I mean, so much of this is mind games and how you talk to yourself about what you're doing. Um, I've quit things and felt grief and sadness around quitting them for a period until I came to think of them differently. And then I was able to not feel sad about it at all, but feel like this great relief and this great liberation. And to see, you know, I mean, how many of us have like six months down the line from something that like ended horribly? <laughs> mm -hmm. Six months later, we're like, I'm so glad that ended. And like, you know, so sometimes it is definitely hard to feel it in the moment of, you know, some quits you don't choose. Um, and, and I wouldn't call those like quits necessarily. Um, I mean, for me, quitting uh, in its best form is something you're actively selecting and maybe you know maybe it's like you're choosing it because conditions have become like unbearable um but yeah ideally you know that I mean that's sort of the work of finish it is like what does it take to get to that place where you're not just you know completely sad or self-doubting or bummed out by the fact that you moved on from something yeah because I think you also have to like something else I was hearing in a podcast a couple days ago uh, was that it's not just about talent, it's about liking something. Like there's child prodigies that maybe are really good at tennis for a few years, but then they just don't like tennis, so they go yeah. on. So they're never going to be the best in the world or whatever because they don't care enough to do it. You have to want to do this thing. Um, right. So it's it's partly finding what you what you enjoy doing. And I think one little technique I've learned that just maybe works for me or something, because I like immediate gratification. Like if I can write a joke, and that's maybe why I like writing the stand-up act that day, because then I do it that night and I feel like I did it. I don't have to, mm -hmm. like I wrote a screenplay 10 years ago in college that took me like a year or two to finish, and I won an award for the first draft, but I never went back to make notes that an LA producer gave me. It's like, I don't want to look at this 90-page thing and sit alone. And now I look back, why didn't I spend a month doing that? It could have changed my life. But so, but maybe if I'd broken it down into, okay, I'm going to type up a scene and I'm going to put it up as a blog, or I'm going to do a live reading on Instagram or something. So yeah. I feel like I'm doing it with my my audience and, and we're all in this together and I get a little reward every day 
uh, you know, that might be a way that, that helps people do uh, something that's maybe a longer term thing. Cause it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to write this book for the next five years and mm-hmm. see what happens. So, right. <laughs> and that's, I guess yeah. why. Like, Writing like off smaller pieces or cannibalizing what starts as a mammoth project and saying, you know what, I can't do the 300 page book anymore, but maybe it's like five little blog posts that get some of my best insights out there. And then I feel a sense of completion that, hey, at least I said the things I really wanted to say. And and the other thing I often use for myself is just like, nothing's a final decision in any of this. You can always go back to something and resuscitate it. so saying goodbye doesn't have to be, you know, so loaded. Um, but I think also rituals can help people, you know, what's something you could come up with to just uh, put a put a completion, like an ending paragraph to that for now. What does that look like for you? Um, and again, I think like sometimes it means chopping something up into different pieces or it comes out looking differently uh, than you maybe originally set out for it yeah, to look. Yeah. Yeah, because even like we were saying, if you write uh, five blog posts, well, okay, you you wrote them in little chunks, you put them up and take the five of them. That's a book. That's a five-chapter mini book that you can self-publish on Amazon or something. Right, right. uh, So that's, that's, I mean, James Altucher talks about that too. Just write a blogs and then, you know, at the end of the year, oh, I've got 100 blog posts, staple them together, and that's either your book or a rough draft of the book. Or you could take a podcast like this, get somebody to transcribe it, and now I've got, you know, a a book that in one chapter is my chat with Sarah Campbell and people mm-hmm. can read it kind of thing. So there's lots, whatever makes it more palatable. And yeah. so, and so what, what are you doing? Uh, like how, how is finish it taking form for you now? Like, are you teaching classes? Are you making a book? Like if people wanted to be trained by you, do they sign up for your course? Like what happens? Um, it's, it's many things still. I mean, it's a, very much a work in progress. So right now it is um, a newsletter that comes out about once a month. I was just writing that this morning. Um, it's periodic workshops like the field trip I led with Creative Mornings. Um, the most recent workshop I've been giving is this how to keep going, but I'm in the process of designing uh, five steps to finishing. And so, yeah, even though I'm, I'm not one who subscribes to like, oh, it's only five quick things you can do to get your thing done, because I do think life is more complicated than that. I, um, I still have distilled a couple areas that I think I can help people think through. Um, but and I'm slowly, you know, I'm not trained as a coach, but I've been attending some uh, coaching types of um, workshops, actually a great one through Creative Mornings yesterday on peer coaching. So I'm becoming fascinated with this idea of how can you support someone, um, say, to finish a project without telling them how to finish it, but helping them find their own answer, which I think is how a lot of people define coaching um, different from, say, mentoring. So in mentoring, you've got an older expert who's sort of saying, this is how I would do it. Here's how I think you can do that, too. Um, Whereas a coach would be someone who's more like, I'm going to ask you some open ended questions and you probably already have the answer somewhere in you as to how you um, can move forward. But I'm going to help you with the questions. Yeah, so, Kathy, uh, Kathy Heller says that a lot. Like that, she basically she doesn't know the answer, but she gets the answer. The answer is within you, and it's just she's yeah. there to help get it out. Because most people probably know what they need to do or or how they best. Right, work. or or you can help them experiment. To your um, helpful word earlier, like I think, like you know, time. People struggle with time. Like, how do you protect the time you've set out for your project? Have you protected any time? When you book it on your calendar, like, ooh, I'm going to spend three hours working on my thing, 
do you honor those three hours or are you constantly saying, well, that's just my calendar. That was just me. I'm going to go do this other thing. Um, so that's not something I can solve really for anyone, but I can help help them with some worksheets. And again, like I just find um, a little bit of science can be very compelling. You know, if you hear about, I've been reading more on um, circadian rhythm and I'm just like, wow, there's so so many ways we could be fighting ourselves less if we just were a little bit more in tune with what we think our natural work patterns are. And when we have slumps during the day, like those should be the hours you're taking a break versus like trying to hammer away at a tough paragraph or whatever, you know, if you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I'm setting up, uh, the thing I'm most excited about right now is something I'm calling finish it friends. And these are accountability groups of about three people, I think that I'm matching and, um, they're going to meet for three months, one time a month for an hour. And, um, I'm, providing a structure that will um, tap into the benefits I think can come from like having peers ask you questions. Um, so peer coaching. And then also I'm working on how to involve this idea of deliberate practice into these sessions as well. So I don't know that it's possible, but the idea of deliberate practice is that, um, you know, it's not the quantity of how many times you practice something, but the quality with which you try to change what you're doing between repetitions so rather than just hitting a you know a ball with a tennis racket 10,000 times if you can hit that ball with a coach saying hey try holding your arm this way or or turn your wrist that way that you're going to improve more with a little bit of feedback and changing what you're doing Mm -hmm. Uh, deliberate practice versus just like "Ah, I'm just gonna be here like hitting this ball against the wall 10,000 times I'm sure I'm gonna get better um I love the idea of deliberate practice. I'm not sure what that looks like in the context of um, helping someone finish something, but I guess that's, you know, what coaching is. So figuring that out. The, uh, the finish it friends, are you present at those things or do you sort of arrange it and then they meet themselves? Uh, I'm for, this is a pilot program. So I'm planning to be present. Yeah. Um, light touch in the first and third meetings and considering letting the group meet on their own um, with a suggested um, plan for how they spend the hour for the second meeting. Yeah, so you can scale it because, you know, you've got so much time in your hour. It's not scalable at all, but for (laughs) this pilot program, I'm I'm considering it an opportunity to learn, like, what helps people and what doesn't. So um, it's a time investment that I'm willing to give because I'm interested. For sure. No, anything you start, you know, with yourself and you do it manually and then you see if it works, everything. Yeah, very experiment. manually. Yeah. Even the logistics, like I'm not good at um, logistical things. And I'm like, oh, the Google Doc, how do I give yeah. people like all the time to sign up? And I'm like, uh. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. When I, I wish I was part of like a nicely funded team, but I'm, you know, it's just me right now. So yeah, but- I'll have a business coach and a project manager and an awesome like crackerjack team, but. <laughs> sure, and that's how it starts, that- right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kathy Heller started just teaching in her living room to 10 people at once. And and now she teaches these online courses that she makes nine million dollars per course. And it's, she's got a whole team of people leading it and she drops uh-huh. it for an hour a week. So you got to start somewhere and see where it goes. And your right. newsletter, do you do it like what do you do it with Substack or MailChimp? Or? Oh, I'm using MailChimp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm fascinated with newsletters and it's a free <laughs> newsletter or is it do you charge for it? It's free. Yeah, free. But you'll figure out how to monetize it eventually you could charge for it or i mean if it's promoting your book or whatever i want to start a newsletter too cool all right well those are all 
great ideas. Um, and, and Joe, just last question. What was it like teaching at, at Creative Mornings? Because I've been going to a lot of those and it's just such this mystery, like, oh, you're on Creative Mornings. It's like you're a god now or something. Oh, it was so awesome. And I'm, I don't, I'm not someone who says that lightly because my um, I led an earlier workshop this year that was okay. <laughs> um, but I left that one feeling really drained and um, the Creative Mornings workshop, by contrast, I. I felt so energized by that community. Um, you know, I think 177 people attended, and they're so, as you know, they're so active and engaged in the chat. So even yeah. though the format was a bit, unfortunately, more me talking and leading people through quiet writing exercises, yeah. um, so we didn't have like a, enough time for a Q and A at the end. I kind of kept it pretty tight with the writing, but. Um, the chat when I read it later, luckily Creative Mornings had recorded it because, like you, I, you know, I didn't press record in time for yeah. the chat. Um, but I read the chat, you know, two nights later, and it was so awesome. I just was so grateful for this community. I love how global it is, like just people on all corners of the world dialing in. And yeah, uh, it was it like the rewards from that chat were enough for me to get over, like, oh, that's what I look like on video. <laughs> like, ah! the, yeah. Know, the unpleasantness of seeing myself uh, on Zoom was oh. offset by this this nice chat. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, you should you should lead one. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I Facebook has a new thing, Facebook Reels. So I posted my little thing about my vaccine on there too, and I'm like, who are all these people commenting saying I'm ugly and everything? I'm like, Jesus, there's some really harsh. And then uh -huh. I look at their profiles; they've all got like three friends and no profile photo. Uh -huh. Like, so it's probably so, some horrible bot that's not uh, even. A <laughs> uh, who knows but it's it's funny but you can't let well um, that, yeah you weren't even getting that but just yeah you can't let your own thoughts about what you look like affect things it doesn't matter at all no, but can't. but yeah the, everybody's so positive in those things because like sometimes I'll tune in late or I'll walk away for a second and I'll see in the chat like oh my god I'm crying or that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard oh my god you're so and I'm like oh my god what did I miss but then I yeah. realized I think people are just a bit <laughs> you know, they're just so supportive no matter no, what it was, it was really great like at one point in my presentation I said if you were the person one of my tips for um how to keep going is to take the next step before you feel 100% ready to yeah. Um, so it's kind of like tapping into that 80-20 rule. Like if you're almost there, if you feel like you're 80% ready, that means you're ready. And I said, if anyone listening today like needs permission to take that next step they've been sort of waffling on or delaying or hesitating on, like if you need to hear it from someone, I'm giving you permission today. Like the fact that you came to that, to my workshop means you're ready. And yeah. someone immediately wrote in the chat. She's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. And she described how she needed to like, measure her art and ship it out and why has she been putting this off <laughs> mm. so you know if nothing else came out of that um field trip like that knowing that one person got unstuck from my comment uh that was reward for me uh for that for yeah that. that's, that's great yeah because i think that's what a lot of people need just somebody to say yeah it's fine do it like that's what gary v's always saying just do it and kathy talks about how the only way to learn is to do it like you know a lot yeah. of these big entrepreneurs yeah. they started with a blog on cooking but then people are like oh how you make money with your blog and now they're a life coach on businesses and it's like you don't know until you try it so you'll never you'll never be ready you'll never know oh right. this is going to work you just like james altucher says do an experiment see if it works if it doesn't that doesn't you just start throwing things out there. and that's why i'm doing the podcast i still haven't figured out what the point of this is or whatever but i'm just doing it and i'm throwing yeah. it out yeah yeah um i have this we can end with this quote um yep. Elise Blaha Kripe, she says, here's the bad news. 
You are unprepared to do something before you've done it. Here's the good news. That doesn't matter. I love that quote. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll put your contact information in the description of the podcast and YouTube. And is there anywhere you want people to, to look for you? or? Oh, yeah. I mean, my uh, most active is my Instagram page, Finish It Workshop. Um, is the handle and I just have like daily post-it literal post-it notes with that uh, quotes or advice or and I also feature uh, many profiles of people on uh, telling their finishing stories or their unfinished stories uh, as well so that's a good place to go I love it and like you said nothing's ever finished so it doesn't even have to be finished just get the story out there yeah yeah <laughs> do, you, do you actually take pictures of a post-it note and then I do like, I'm very um I'm very analog in some ways about this but it's the quickest way no that's <laughs> good because that's what keeps me from drawing cartoons I'm like I don't know how to use a drawing app and oh I have to scan it how do I draw the squares I should just draw right. a cartoon on a piece of paper take a photo of it with, and yeah. with a pencil in it so that people yeah. know oh it's actually a drawing <laughs> like it's not even scanned and just that's it that's what I should be doing every day so I'll I'll use your post-it note idea I like that great okay great well, it was fun talking to you, Josh. Thanks so much for interviewing me. Thanks, and uh, hopefully we can check in again sometime and I can let you know what I finished or not. Yeah, I'll, I'll feature you on, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Take care.